Oh my goodness. Did y'all know that the bathroom floor is one of the most powerful places you could ever be? <laughs> Wait, what? Is he serious? <laughs> now you might be listening and asking me, Z, what is so special about a bathroom floor? Well, whether it's a bathroom floor or center stage on Sundays, we know that God is with us wherever we go. In today's episode, we are going to discuss what that means and how you can begin to find the lamb in your very own community. My name is Z, and my purpose today is to be a friend, a trainer that falls at the feet of the greatest trainer who will mold you into living your best life, both physically and spiritually. Today's guest is a dear friend of mine who has both a strong heart and a powerful voice for Christ. And Nina has been in those moments when you are called to fight on your knees. But today we stand tall and with confidence in the lamb who was slain. So I ask you, are you ready to live confidently? So when someone asks, you're ready with the story and image God has made you. It's time to get trained by the lamb. Hi, Zach. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And I also just wanted to take a second to just honor you and the ministry that you're building. Um, I think that it's amazing. And I think it's really cool to see young adults like go after the calling on their life. And so I just wanted to encourage you in that. And thank you for just having me on today. Oh, thank you so much. So Nina, for my listeners that are tuning in, what would your advice be for the young believers out here that are seeking community and want to know that they are not alone. What practical steps can they take today to begin getting connected? Yeah, I would say one, just start, just ask the person a coffee, just join yeah. the groups. I have a lot of what you call three, two, one moments where I say three, two, one, go. <laughs> and so if that's what you need to do, like just do it. I think the other thing I would say is that it's okay if it's awkward. It's okay if it takes time to build connection. And I would say an encouraged person to just like keep going, like don't give up. Community is out there for you. God wants that for you. You are meant to be in life-giving community. You are meant to have an abundant life. I mean, John 10, 10, just we are meant and called to live an abundant life in Christ. And that comes with life-giving friendships. And so I would just say like, don't give up and, and be in community and try and don't give up and try and try and try. And you will find people in your circle that want to see you win and want to call you higher. Uh, I am so excited to be able to hear this and definitely be able to hear how Jesus is working in your life. Before our audience and our listeners that are tuning in today, just tell us a little bit about how you came to believe in Christ because there is no greater question, no greater story, no greater answer that anybody can provide than to this question. So how did you come to believe in Christ? Yeah. So for me, you know, I didn't actually grow up in a Christian household. I did grow up in a really loving family. I love my parents so much. And I was actually adopted from India when I was six months old. And so honestly, that in itself is just a God-ordained story. But I, I think for me, high school was one of the hardest seasons of my life because in high school, I was seeking identity and approval of things that just were leaving me empty at the end of the day. Right. And so for me personally, like I was seeking it in the identity, what people thought of me and boys and, you know, if a guy liked me or if a guy didn't like me and making my parents proud. And, you know, I was an athlete growing up. And so in like having the best performance and truly what I found is that all those things left me empty. And so for me, a little bit going into my senior year of high school, I fell into a really dark place, I would say for sure. And I really battled with an eating disorder and food was just truly where I found my comfort. And I just remember 
had a moment on with the Lord, like on the bathroom floor. And, and that was where I actually truly prayed for the first time, like, and actually meant it. <laughs> and I was on the bathroom floor and I just was weeping. And I asked God, I was like, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why you created me. If you're real, I just need to hear from you because I'm willing to just leave this life and follow you. I just have no idea what I'm doing. And this is just the worst day ever, basically, is what I said. And I guess for me, that's where I felt the presence of God for the first time ever. And, and it just felt, it felt so real because there was so much peace attached to that. Um, and I just felt the Lord say, Nina, just, I've got you. I've got you. Like, I have more for you. And I want you to follow me and just watch the life that I have out for you. And so for me, like, that was the turning point. And literally the next day, the Lord just started helping me pick up the pieces of my story. And he redeemed past, like parts of my story in the past that were broken. And he gave me a new hope. And I'm not going to sit here and say that it was all sunshine and roses after I said yes to Jesus, because I think that's a misconception in Christianity. But truly, like when I started following Jesus, I lost a lot of friends. And my parents, um, because I didn't grow up in a Christian household, said things like, you know, like, what are you doing? Like, this is not really, like, you know, this is weird. Like, kind of, what are you doing? But for me, I had never felt so much peace before because I was mm. listening to sermons. I was reading my Bible. I was literally only hanging out with people that knew God because I wanted to know the heart of God more than anything. Yeah. And so for me, a couple of years later, I moved to college. I came to, I transferred out of the first university I was at and I came to SFA, student of Austin, right? And now, and let me tell you, Moving from Austin, Texas to Stephen F. Austin, small town, East Texas, was not a fan. It was just not a fan. And I just remember being like, God, this is just not it. I can't be here. There's no way that you have me here. Like, I don't know anybody. This is a small town. Like, I'm not used to this. Like, you got to send me back to Austin. Um, and I just remember God was like, no, like, I want you here. Like, there's something for you here. Just trust me. Um, and so literally my second semester here, I met these three girls um, that walked with me and that held my hand and they introduced me to community, they introduced me to community groups, they introduced me to the Lord. And I think that's just such a tangible example of Jesus because a life of Jesus is a life of him holding your hand and not letting go. And I think for me, that was like the visual picture that, that God gave me in that season of like, oh man, like this is real and life of people is real and it's good and it's holy. And so for me, that's kind of my story and kind of where I am today. I'm a senior and trying to navigate the next season of life, but that's just a little bit of my story. So it goes to show everybody, you don't have to go to one of the seven wonders of the world to have a Jesus moment. You could go in the bathroom on the floor and hey, Jesus will meet you there too. So there there really is no limit to where God will meet you. So some people think it, you know, they ask to be all glamorous. It really doesn't have to. Literally, I would say, I would argue that most moments with God are not in the most glamorous places. But I think that's where God can really get your attention is in the places where nobody else is at. It's in that that sacred place. Or for me, the bathroom floor. So, yeah. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> so one of the things that I also really wanted to touch on, and I did mention it earlier, and being able to see it on your social platform as well, I know that this is something that is near and dear to your heart and is one of the big ways that Jesus is working in your life right now. Nina is Mosaic College. And I just want to ask about your experience with that. And we're going to get into community in a little bit here too, but just your experience with that and having that alongside your actual college experience, you know, going and doing your studies and just what that has meant to you. 
Yeah, that's a great question. I can say fully that Mosaic College is the college ministry that I'm a part of here at this university, and it has changed my life and changed my walk with God. And I know that we're going to get into community a little bit, but that's truly what it is. It's a place of community. It's a place of doing life with other people. It's a place where people call you higher into the calling that you have on your life. And more specifically for me, I had two people in this ministry that have impacted my life in a way that I can never thank them enough for, but it's my college pastor and our worship leader. And both of them had just the spirit of God. Like I never experienced and they just instilled belief in me and called me higher into things I never thought I could be. And they just have been so tangible and just helpful for my walk with the Lord. And I think in all like music colleges in general is just a place where broken, imperfect people can come and sit and be with other people who are also broken and imperfect and pursue a perfect yeah. God and do this thing together and run this race together. Let's go. Um, yeah. So, I, I just, I love it so much. I, this place has changed my life and anybody who ever comes to this school, if you ever do, I will encourage you highly to be a part of Mosaic College. <laughs> we talked about wanting to make it practical for our listeners at home. So for you, Nina, what were the most helpful practices that you incorporated that helped you discover more about the lamb, discover more people who were able to just help support you? And as you mentioned, Mosaic College, like I think that's one thing that for a lot of people in college that, you know, some of them might have access to that resource, some of them might not, but being able to get involved in a youth group or a young adult group, right? I think anybody that has a local church, regardless of whether you have a, a college established on that church or not, you're going to have at least a couple of people, right? Jesus says, where one or two gather in my name, there am I with them. So if you have a co- even just a handful of people around you, maybe you're in a really small town, guess what? You still, I guarantee that you will still have people around you that are going to be able to nurture and support you in that way. So once again, to bring it back to the question, what would you say were some of those most helpful practices, the things that you do on a daily basis? Sometimes you're not even aware of it. It's just become that routine for you. But mm-hmm. all the while, there's helping you draw closer to Jesus because that's what we want to do, not just in this podcast, in this world today. We want to draw closer to Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that is a great question. I think for me um, personally, I had to get to the realization that it just like it says in Genesis, that it is not good for man to be alone. And so yeah. just to get to that realization that I am not meant to do life alone. I'm actually meant to do life with community and with people who are also following Jesus. God designed us to be in relationship with him and with other people. And so when we get to do life with other people and we get to do life with people who are sharpening us and making us better and, and calling us forward into the thing that is we are called to do for the kingdom, I mean, it'll change your walk and it'll change your perspective on God. And so for me, I I mean, the first piece of advice that I would give to anyone who's looking to join community is just to do it, just start. And I know it's scary and I know it's awkward. And I know like, you know, there are people that have experienced like past church hurts and I don't want to belittle those because that is so real. And I think that's what keeps a lot of people from joining community. But I will say this, when you like, bite into an apple and your apple and it's just disgusting and you hit like a bad part of the apple and you say you spit the apple up right but yeah you don't stop eating food why because you need it it's a necessity for you to live the same thing with community like i heard this pastor say this one time like if you are following jesus now in five years depends heavily on the people that you were hanging out with and depends heavily on the community that you were surrounded with Absolutely. and so it is 
Yeah. So it is very necessary for a walk with Jesus. And I will also say if, you know, somebody who's experienced heavy, like church hurt of any kind, that is also very real. But I also will say to, to just keep trying. Like God wants you to flourish. God wants you to be in good community. Yep. And there are good believers out there. And there are people that yeah, want to choose you purpose that God has for you. And just because you didn't find it the first time doesn't mean you won't find it the second, third, or fourth time. Mm. But, yep. And so I think that is really crucial in community. I also will say just with isolation, like the enemy wants to get you isolated because that's where <laughs> the enemy can come in yep. and attack your mind and attack yep. the calling of your life. I know for me personally, like I do struggle with like the enemy getting into my head quite often, honestly. And there's a scripture and it says in, in Proverbs 18, one, it says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks all sound judgment. And so for oh, me, that's like, so good. yeah, just being isolated, I, I let the enemy attack me. And I had people, my roommates or two, like my best friends and people that have walked me through seasons of really hard moments. And they call me higher and they pull me out of that dark pit. And they say, Nina, this is not true. This is true. Let me read you. And that that's why we need community because we are not meant to be isolated. And so I would say to do the awkward thing, even if it's awkward and weird, <laughs> ask that person to copy, get plugged in, start serving, start stacking chairs. Like God honors an act of obedience. He honors an act of faith. And so when you go out and you just stack the chairs or you just go up to that girl and you're like, oh, I like your shoes. Like, that's okay. Like it's supposed to be awkward. But I will say that for me in my most awkward moments of encounters with people, they're all like my best friends now, truly. And so that's what I would say for sure. <laughs> and I mentioned I was going to bring up the book in just a second here. But when you mentioned having that awkward moment and allowing some of your best relationships to start with, you know, that awkward moment, I guess it's like I was thinking and I know you probably listen to her and follow her Sadie Robertson, her podcast. Well, that's good. I was just recently listening to one of her episodes with Jenny Allen, whose book Find Your People was the book I was going to allude to. But just recently she had her on and that was one of the things they talked about was being that socially awkward person, right? And for me, I don't necessarily like being around socially awkward people, but <laughs> it sounds like now I'm going to have to be willing to face that. So there's my bathroom floor moment. But <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, that's immediately what I thought about because it was like, that's how I know you're speaking truth, Nina, because like we're seeing this. This isn't just the thing that we're talking about here today that you guys are listening to, like go out anywhere else. People are like, this is things that we are talking about that people have experienced and God is working in those same situations, those same awkward moments, whether you like it or not. Guess what? It's still happening. God's still working. God's still cultivating relationships out of that. Yeah. And you can't deny it. Yes. Yeah. And I even will say that I think a lot of people go into friendship thinking that they're going to have this automatic connection, but community is forged. It's not always found. And so it takes multiple coffee dates. Sometimes it takes a year of getting to know someone. It, it takes the awkward year conversations and sometimes the hard conversations to get past the bridge of the awkwardness to really flourish in your time with that person. I think actually love that book. I started reading it the other day and I think Jenny Allen said something like it takes like Man, I don't want to get this wrong, but don't quote me on this, but it takes like 200 hours or something to like break a bridge of awkwardness and be really close friends with someone. And so that's a lot of hours if you think about it. And so that's what I would say to you. Like if you are going into community group or you're going into community and you have a conversation with someone and you guys don't instantly click, great, try again. If that's okay. You know, we're all different people at the end of the day. We were designed to be different people. And so 
that's okay. Yeah. And <laughs> like I thought about this is like when we make an effort to draw closer to Jesus, right? Whatever it may be, like we could make a list of different ways. And I think we've already touched on them to try and draw closer to Jesus, try and understand and figure out and get to know him more. And in Sadie Robertson's book, Who Are You Following? She talks about that. And it even says it on the back of the book. And I, I just glanced over today and that it's just sticking in my mind where it says, do you want to be noticed or do you want to be known? And I think that's a question that so many people have to ask themselves, especially today in our social media world, where it's like, truly, do you want to just be noticed and have people say, oh, yeah, I know him, right? People say, oh, yeah, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. There's reason that's the same, right? Because just like we want people to know us, it's different than just, oh, noticing. No, they know what you're going through. And you mentioned it, like it's those awkward moments. It's those moments where you have those deep conversations, those vulnerable conversations with other people. That's where those lifelong friendships, those ones that are going to be able to stand by you, even when the waves come crashing in, when life hits the fan, right? And so when you do that, you will actually become more like Jesus in the process. The more you know Jesus, the more you know him, the more you're going to become like Jesus. Yeah. So as I mentioned with Jenny Allen, her book, Find Your People, it talks about exactly that, finding that community, building those relationships. And for me, I'm personally a little guilty of hesitating because I believe the lie that I don't need help finding other people, other believers. And it just seems like, oh, community, like I talk about that all the time. It's just it seems like such a small problem to fix for me. Yet we always talk on here about the importance of community. Even when we may not be talking specifically about community, guess what? It still comes up. Yeah. It's literally the essence of why we do for our community members. They know this, the Christ-centered connections here at God Remembers, at Trained by the Lamb. So did script this question, but I'm going to ask it. Yeah. Are there any, and we may have already mentioned them, but are there any influencers, any people that at the end of the day, if they are making an impact for the kingdom of Christ, if they're making an impact for you in your heart, is there anybody out there that has made an impact for you? Yeah. Okay. So Jenny Allen is one of the communicators that I would say has made a huge impact on her life. I love her story. I love the, the way she connects with people. And I think, again, her latest book that just came out, Find Your People, it's going to be such an impactful, moving thing for the kingdom of young adults. All right, that's um, it. I'm getting the book as soon as we get off here. <laughs> I'm buying it. <laughs> you have to. It's so good. I think another communicator who I love, his name is Jonathan Kukuda. He is a phenomenal yep. communicator and his target is young adults. And he has a podcast called Becoming Something. And it's yeah. amazing. I would highly encourage any young adult to get on that podcast train and start listening to all of them because he's had a huge impact in my walk with Christ too, for sure. Awesome. So for me, I, I don't know if this is going to be the word that I would say is like, you know, there's people that always talk about their word of the year. Like, what is a word that has either defined your year or for us as Christians, we talk about that we've meditated on this year. That has just been a reoccurring thing that we figured out in our daily walk with Christ. For me so far this year, that word has been satisfaction. And one of my biggest goals right now, and it goes hand in hand with what we're talking about, right? Seeking Jesus knowing Jesus and loving him at the same time, it all comes back to finding that satisfaction in the lamb. 
in Jesus. And we know that the devil is not shy about steering us away from that goal, right? It's probably the biggest thing he wants to keep us from. He does not want us to find satisfaction because if he could steer us away from finding satisfaction in Jesus, then he steered us towards finding satisfaction somewhere else. And you know what that is at that point? Idolatry. And that's one of the Ten Commandments. And now he's won the game with us. So that's the probably the biggest thing he wants to keep us from is finding satisfaction. And that's just something that I know my heart has been yearning for is finding satisfaction in Jesus, being able to say, I am satisfied with Jesus. From your perspective, what do you see as the biggest spiritual deterrent? I know, big question, right? The biggest spiritual deterrent to our ability to have an intimate relationship. Yeah, I would say, I can't really speak for everyone on this, but I think for me, right. this is the thing that I've struggled with the most in its comparison. I think mm, that yep. the enemy will do everything he can um, to tell you that you're not enough and to tell you that God hasn't called you for a specific calling. And what we do, we tend to look to left and right at other people and we tend to compare our lives. So, well, she has this, well, she has this amount of followers. Oh, well, he's dating this girl. Well, he has this. And it's, it leaves us feeling empty and it leaves us feeling in this, for me, just this like imposter syndrome of who am I to be doing this? Like, I can't do this. They're doing this. Or I can't do this. They're doing this. And it's a lie from the enemy. It's a lie straight from hell because it's not true. And God has a unique purpose for you and only you. I mean, Jeremiah 29, 11 is one of the most impactful verses in the Bible. And I know it's talked about a lot, but it should be. I mean, for I know the plans I have for you, not for your spouse not for the person to the right of you, not for the person that you've been comparing yourself to for you. But to do that, you have to be satisfied in Christ, just what you were talking about. Like you have to find God in the secret place. And the secret place is that intimacy with Christ. Most of the moments, the most transformative moments of my life have been spent in the secret place because it's in that place that God has been able to sift me from things that like, hey, Nina, right. that doesn't belong in you. Hey, Nina, I don't want That's this good. in you. And it's that place where the yeah. most transformation happens. And then you can yeah. go out wow. and you can do the thing that God's called you to do because you met with him in the secret place. Like we get access yeah. to the father, to the God of all things. Like that's crazy if you think about it. And I think a lot of it people, we, we lack that intimacy with Christ, but we're forgetting that actually all the noise and the fluff around us, like it does not compare to the intimacy nope. and the secret place that you get with the Father, because it's in that place that God can instill and take out and go back and forth with taking out things that don't belong in you and placing things that do belong in you. And so for me, I would say, stop comparing your calling to the person to the right of you and to the left of you and meet with God in the secret place and fast if you need to. There's so many resources that we can take and that God calls us to do to find intimacy with Him and find intimacy with the Father in the sacred place and watch what God will do in your life. It is crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I don't ever like to say that there's like a perfect answer, but I feel like you might've just given it because I feel like, especially with comparison and we had Heather Creekmore on, I was about a month ago that we had her on and that's literally like body image and comparison. Like that's everything that she does with her platform and helping women with that. And I just, I see comparison. I look at it and I'm like, I know we're talking about community, but if you think about it, it could be one of the very few downsides, one of the few drawbacks that could be because of community, right? And that might be another discussion for another day. But I just think you grow your community and then you have more and more people that you start to have around you, right? And that gives you more and more temptations, more and more opportunities, at least for the devil to be able to say, 
okay, well, you want to grow your community for Christ? Well, I'm going to grow my opportunities, my game that I play to try and get you to not, once again, have that satisfaction in Christ. And I think with comparison, it's just, it's almost like a gateway where it's like, you get into comparison, there's so many ways to get to that, right? To have those comparison issues. We know we've already mentioned it, social media. That's something that is just so prevalent in our society, especially in our generation. And I mean, if there's one way that you could say, where do you probably see the most comparison in terms of it being an issue? Probably on social media, right? And that's one of the ways that we try to make a big world a lot smaller, right? And that's a good thing. But once again, we're also fighting a spiritual warfare. The Bible has told us it's not going to always be easy. And it's not always going to be, like you said, rosy and just perfect. And the path is always going to be laid out for us. No, there's going to be things that are going to try and steer us off of that. But that's where finding that satisfaction. It's where having that community that's centered around Christ and holding others accountable too and saying, hey, I love what you're doing and I am nothing but love for you and support you and want to see you succeed, right? It's a whole different mindset when you look at it and you're saying, we're all on the same team here. We're all serving the kingdom, whether you have a million followers, or you have one follower. Guess what? If your heart's in it for the right reason, if you're glorifying God, if you have satisfaction in Christ, we are all serving the same team here. And guess what? You go in with that mindset, comparison is out the window. Literally. Yeah, because you're in an abundance mindset versus a fixed mindset. And so you're excited for the people beside you and you get to champion. I mean, we're called to champion the people that are beside us. We're called to encourage and each, build each other up. That's what we're called to do. And if, mm. if their win for the kingdom is also your win for the kingdom, because we're all doing the same thing, all the same mission. And so I love that you just said that because that's so true. Yeah. And besides that mindset that I just talked about, and certainly we can go in a little bit deeper on this, but for you specifically with comparison, has there been anything that could be valuable for our listeners at home to say, how can I overcome this? Like, how can I, because more likely than not, I'm going to assume nine out of every 10, maybe even 10, 10 out of every 10 listeners that are tuning in here right now are probably saying, oh yeah, I want to be done with comparison. But guess what? I guarantee you're probably still struggling with it right now, whether you want to admit it or not. So what can we do? What can we do besides just the mindset? How can we put it into practice and say, today I'm going to stop comparing myself to other people. I'm going to set my eyes on the blessings that God is doing in my own life because that's what it is, right? When we compare, we fail to see, we fail to recognize, we fail to glorify the blessings that God's doing right in front of us for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And I will say like, I am no saint. I still struggle with it, but these are the things that have helped me just not compare my life as much to other people around me. But the first thing I would do is I literally every single morning, I call this a heart dump. I have my journal <laughs> and I just, it's my journal prayer. And I just write everything that I'm grateful for. Like even the simplest things like, God, thank you for eyesight today. Thank you that I get to wake up in like warm blankets today. Thank you that I live with two amazing roommates. Thank you that I get to have an education. Thank you that I get to be here today, that I'm alive mm. today. And so even just thinking God for the smallest of things will shift your perspective yeah. of like, why are you comparing your life to someone else? You have so much right in front of you. Like, right. it's amazing if you think about it, you know? There are people in the world exactly. that would totally have eyesight, genuinely. And so we have to get fixed on the things that like we do have and take just so much joy and find so much joy the things that we do have. The next thing I would say that I have done is I have eliminated things that have caused me to compare or to stumble in that. And so for me, 
I've had to mute certain people on social media. I've had to unfollow certain people on social media. I always tell people, hey, if you feel like you're comparing yourself to me, unfollow me. Like I want nothing more than just for everyone to live in harmony and live in the purpose that is set up for them. And so unfollow people. And then the last thing I would say is work your craft. Because the more you invest in your craft, the more you invest in the thing that you want to do. And if you don't know, try things. Like go out, fail, fall down, get back up again. Like just like healthy habits. I mean, if you think about fitness, it's not you don't go to the gym for one day and get ripped and have six pack. I mean, no, that's just not how that works. You have to go back mm-hmm. every single day. And then you have to add the whole nutrition component into it, which is a whole marathon in itself. It takes time. It takes brick by brick to build a building. And so I would say to get fixed so much on your calling and the thing that you want to do, because I promise when you hone into the thing that God calls you to do, you're you're not going to want to look to the left and right. And in fact, when you're satisfied, one, contentment and just Jesus, and you're satisfied in the thing and the journey that God has set out for you, you will look to other people and just encourage them in the calling that they're called to do. And it takes the whole comparison out of it because I think truly comparison is an act of you feeling insecure. And I have felt that. I'm not like adding anybody. I'm just, for me, at least this is what it's been. I have seen something in someone else. And so I felt insecure and that's why I compare myself to them. But when I've got to a point where I know like I'm confident who God made me and I'm going to run my race and I'm going to encourage and build other people up while I'm running my race. That like mindset in itself, He's taking comparison just like out of the table for me. And the enemy can't really use that to hold over me anymore because I know that I'm doing the thing that God called me to do. Yeah. And we know that God calls us, calls our body a temple of the Holy Spirit. So it does take brick by brick to build that temple, right? And yeah. it can't just do it overnight. Man, I am still processing that last response because it's like <laughs> just with being able to take a look at comparison and what that does to you mentally, right? And spiritually, obviously. And just being able to, it just bewilders me how we almost get addicted to it like a drug where it's like, this is going to deteriorate how you feel about yourself. It's not going to do any good for you. But then you mentioned like being able to lift others up. You're also lifting yourself up at the time because you're making yourself feel better by just being able to Encourage other people, right? That's what we want to do is we want to encourage community. We want to be able to do that. But it just bewilders me that we always go back to that, this ugly habit that rears its head and it's called comparison. Yeah, there's one last thing I want to say on comparison. And I heard a pastor say this, change my perspective on comparison. And he said that comparison kills callings. And that in itself for me was like, dang, Mm. that just hit my soul. They're not ready for that. I don't know. I don't know if my listeners are ready for that. Oh, say it again. <laughs> yeah. Comparison kills callings. When Ooh. you compare your life to someone else, you are missing out on the calling that God mm. has for you. And so that just, I don't think I need to say anything else on that. Like that just in itself, but just like mic drop. When I first heard that, I was just like passed <laughs> out, like dang. <laughs> so once again, everything we talked about today, I just love having this conversation with you, Nina. Just being able to bring it all back to the lamb, the one that's training us, that spiritual training, right? And we're both personal trainers here as well. So we both know that there is a physical side to this as well. And as with many of the keys we discussed on the show, we want to remind our listeners that you must remember what comes first, whether you're doing physical training, whether you're doing spiritual training, whether it's your community, the lamb must come first. Mm-hmm. It says here, 1 Peter 2.7, love this verse. 
Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And the cornerstone is the foundation to whatever. Like if you take out the cornerstone, the entire building is going to come apart, right? We just talked about. It's funny how God works like this, right? We just talked about the building, brick by brick of the temple. But guess what? If your cornerstone is not Jesus, no matter whether it's your physical body, if the cornerstone is not Jesus, your body's going to fall apart, whether that's mentally, spiritually, physically, relationally, emotionally, whatever it is. We have all different aspects of our life, but we have to let Jesus, we have to constantly be in training with Jesus. And so if he's not your cornerstone, your body's going to fall apart, your spirit's going to fall apart. So once again, Sadie Robertson, I, I mentioned her book, Who Are You Following? It always talks about knowing people, right? Knowing Jesus, especially. And who are we allowing to shape our life? She asks, who are you following? If Jesus had a social media page, are you following him? Is he the one that you're viewing the most content? Is he the one that you're engaging with the most and allowing to shape you, right? Because whether we like to believe this or not, the people that we follow the most on social media, the people we have in our lives, right? I think there's a saying out there that says, the five people that you hang out with the most whether that's in person or on social media, I think it's the same. But the five people that you spend the most time around are the ones that are going to influence you. If number one's not Jesus, what are you doing? Truly. Yeah, that's so good. Um, even in Matthew, it talks about like your house being built on the rock. Like when your house is, when you have a good foundation, yeah. in Jesus, when the wind comes and blows, your house will firm foundation, right? Yeah, because you have it, like you have that firm foundation on Jesus. And I know for me, like, it can be taken so practical too, because for me, I have had seasons where I've lost friends, where I have break up with certain guys because my rock and the thing that I was looking for was Jesus. And so when I had that, those things, yeah, it did feel great when I was losing those relationships, but it didn't matter to me because I had such yeah. a firm foundation. And I like know that God, Yahweh, like he has more for me than anybody else around me. And the best relationship was, you can have. Yeah. It's there the you most go. Safe. It's the most sacred and it's an, a place where it's the most holy relationship you will have. And that's crazy. And so I think just remembering to just, that is when you are right with God, you will be right with everything else around you. Everything else falls into place. Seek first the kingdom and everything else will fall into place. Have you ever had anybody ask you if you're in a relationship or maybe they should have a button for this on Facebook where it's like, yeah, I'm in a relationship. I'm in a relationship with Jesus. And I put that yeah. on my Facebook or I just tell somebody that like, are you in a relationship? Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, why haven't I ever seen your significant other? Because he's in heaven. Yeah. Uh, probably pretty busy right now. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. But no, I wanted to put just one more final note in here uh, that I had with our main point today, which was talking about community. And I just know from my personal experience, and I think you touched on it. Uh, you mentioned it some. That church hurt, right? And some people have experienced more of that than others when you were younger. For me, that was also my experience primarily during the middle school years. Oh, <laughs> talk about awkward, right? But yes, during the middle school years, that was a tough time for me with my church because I feel like I may have put community as an idol where that was my firm foundation. That was my cornerstone was my youth group, the very people. And once again, we're not discouraging. God wants us. We know God wants us to be in community with other people, but it all comes back to who is training you? Who is your rock? Who 
can you not live without? And for me, I think back at that time when I had a moment and we know, especially as middle schoolers, that we're not going to be perfect. And there's going to be times where some of us are going to be more closely to God than others. And for me, there was a time where I had a falling out with somebody or maybe I just made a big deal out of something there wasn't that wasn't probably there. And because of that, and Satan was probably also playing a part in that, but having that perspective now, having that mentality towards my community and thinking this is my church community now where I feel like there's just tension every time I'm around this person. It's like, that's literally, that's the waves coming up on the shore. Guess what? I built it on the house of sand, right? That was community that God encourages, but he doesn't encourage it to be your number one thing. And for me, that was probably my number one thing because it was ultimately probably the biggest driving factor to me leaving the church and then being out of the church for how many years in high school and college and then coming back. But it was built on a community. So that's my note is you cannot have your cornerstone be anything other than Jesus than the lamb. If the lamb is not your cornerstone, then you've you've got some work to do. You've got some praying to do. And I think it all just comes back to making committed time, being in the Bible with Jesus. And we talked about it in one of our previous episodes, you have to make an effort to have that relationship with Jesus. So I just want to encourage that no matter whether we're talking about physical training, spiritual training, whatever aspect of it is that we're talking about, whatever topic we're talking about. This week, we're talking about community. Guess what? It doesn't come before Jesus. It can't be your cornerstone. So just you have to always put things into perspective and always remember at the end of the day, Jesus has got to be your number one. Otherwise, your house is going to crumble. The waves are going to come up. It's going to knock down your house of sand because you did not build it on the rock. So if you have anything you wanted to add, that was my little rant before we go. (laughs) No, you just kind of summed that up. You put a little bow on it and perfect. Yeah, I agree. I I agree. See, we both had our mic drop moments today. We both had our bathroom floor moments and we both had our mic drop moments. It was a perfect episode. Yes, yes. (laughs) Well, Nina, before we go, just want to thank you once again for coming on the Trained by the Lamb podcast today. I know that my listeners were definitely encouraged and I know for a fact that they got some new stuff that whether it's with comparison, whether it's with community, whether it's finding Jesus, I know that I have something to take home today and I know that they will too. So just tell us a little bit about what it is you do. I know I mentioned you are a personal trainer as well, and we've already got to hear your testimony, but if there's anything you do as far as platform or being able to talk to other people, being able to be an influence for other people, just wanted to open it up to you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I had such a blast. Um, I learned a lot from you too, and I just um, pray that it encourages the one person that just needs to hear this today. So thank you so much. Um, But yeah, so I am a personal trainer. I also am a speaker. I love to encourage people in the calling that God has for them. And so you can, if you want to, you can follow me on Instagram. It's just Nina underscore Buford, and that is spelled B-U-F-O-R-D. Wow. Thank you so much for everything that you shared with us today, Nina. At Trained by the Lamb and God Remembers, that's what we want to do with y'all. We want to share that knowledge, share that experience through our Christ-centered connections. If you want to begin figuring out the life God has designed specifically for you, then follow me at ZThePT on Instagram so you can begin getting connected immediately. I am your host, Z, signing off for another edition of Trained by the Lamb. Go out, 
be confident, and as always, live spiritually fit. I will see y'all in here next week.